Welcome to Talk Theory. It's your host, Kiara Barnes, where I talk all things life, what makes us human, and what makes us superhuman. Sit back, relax, and join me for a chat. Good morning, or good whatever time you're listening to this at, and good Monday. It is a good Monday right now. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. You can follow me on Instagram, Kiara Barnes Official. DM me your comments, thoughts, leave a review. I really love um, seeing you guys engage with me and like comment things. Um, I've definitely been inspired for some new episodes coming up, which is always appreciated. Um, based off of your your guys's comments and um, yeah, it's just been really nice to get feedback, but also hear your thoughts on on things and even suggestions for episodes. Always nice. So, um, right today, today we're getting into where self-validation, all of that, where that comes from. I, what really triggered it for me and made me want to talk about it, make an episode is because I've been in acting class for a few months now and I've been doing a lot of work using my upbringing and childhood experiences for my scenes and it's just given me a lot to process. (laughs) And it's also made me wonder where and when I started putting my um, value in others, like how I viewed myself, why I even viewed myself that way, or why I may still even hang on to some old beliefs based off of experiences that happened years ago, right? Where I'm just still almost living out of those experiences and where I decided to hold my self-validation. So to give some back info of where these thoughts are coming from, um, I'll share a little bit about the way I grew up in certain situations. Um, so I grew up the only girl. I'm the only girly. In my family, I have three brothers, and we grew up mostly in white suburban areas. Um, And looking back now, I'm realizing I definitely had a harder time fitting in. Um, I think when I was a kid, I, (laughs) I was telling someone this the other day, and they were like, what is that? But I would literally, if I couldn't like hang out with friends or no one wanted to hang out with me or something, I would go home, get my Costco family size salt and vinegar chips, turn on Reba baby, and um, do my math homework. So shout out to Reba for getting me through some hard times. If you know Reba and you know that show, you're a real one. I know I've watched every single episode. (laughs) Anyway, um, it's just, it's interesting because being biracial, you can feel a sense of misplacement because you don't necessarily feel like you fully fit in anywhere, 
you know, you're not fully white, but you're also not fully black. And I just mean that for me personally, I only had that experience of discomfort when it came to making friends or finding groups of people because within my family, my family is a mixing melting pot, like on both sides. So I never had that experience within my family, which is really nice. I always felt very welcomed by both sides of my family and loved equally by both sides of my family. Um, And that's something I'm really, really grateful for. But in the context of like friends in school, it was a little different. I mean, um, (laughs) I definitely had some times in school, but specifically in high school in Utah, Hey, Utah, (laughs) where I experienced light touches of racism. And I say touches because it's not not racist, you know. It's the kind of racism where it's not meant with ill intent, but rather pure ignorance. And ignorance literally just means lack of knowledge, just not having the knowing. And there was definitely a deficiency, okay, in knowledge, I'd say. All right, growing up there. Because I did also grow up in Missouri as well. And it was different there because at least the school I went to in Missouri, we had all types of different people and kids in that school. But going to Utah, it was a different vibe. Um, uh, For example, this one time I went to go hang out with some friends at a girl's house that I had been to. Uh, that I Sorry, that I hadn't been to before. And as we were all just chilling in the kitchen, you know, just gabbing and and eating some snacks, her mom came downstairs and greeted everyone and then looked at me and no joke. She was like, oh, you're the black girl and gave me this. (laughs) I'm sorry. I laugh now because it's like wild, but she gives me this hug like directly after saying that too. And I honestly was in shock. And didn't really know what to say because I couldn't really even process that that moment was real. And and we just like went up to her room after and acted like it didn't even happen. It was so strange. Um, so there's that or like this other time. <laughs> I'm just like telling you all the stuff. I, um, I had kissed this boy in my high school and... Right after we kissed, he goes, oh, like, I've never kissed a black girl before. (laughs) And again, another moment where you don't expect it. So you don't know how to digest that, you know. And if I'm being real and being honest, there are a couple of hundred of those kinds of stories. Um, But now being an adult and looking at it, I can see definitely where I may have let these experiences shape who I thought I was or how I viewed or valued myself. And then on the other side, there's been times where I've tried to befriend black women and been rejected. And of course, I would feel hurt, you know, and I wouldn't understand what it is about me that would push another person away And it really wasn't until I had um, a close friend that I met through working in retail and we got really, really close. And she admitted to me later on in our friendship that at first she was really put off by me because I was biracial. And 
I was like really surprised and I was like, you know, why? Like, did I say something? Did I do something? And she said, no, she just said she told me that she grew up um, where she was picked on by light-skinned women. And overall, the media and how it can make it look like, not make, but it does, light-skinned women look more valuable or valued, whatever, than darker-skinned women. And that is a whole, dude, that is a whole deep-dive topic that we go in on for hours and about the separation within the black community. But all to say that it was really interesting to hear her perspective and having my own perspective and filling in the gaps in between and really understanding and um, just gratitude as well that she felt safe enough to share that with me. Um, needless to say, finding friends was difficult <laughs> for me when I was younger, and maybe even as an adult, but that, that's not what we're talking about today, okay? So anyway, I think that for multiple reasons, it was hard, but um, I, mostly I was just still trying to find my voice, you know, and what felt good, what didn't feel good, and also of course, seeking validation through friend groups, looking towards others to tell me that I belonged. But this didn't just apply to finding friends. I was this way with family when it came to wanting approval. And I think it's very like a natural instinct for a child to want to make a parent or a guardian proud. There's some kind of primal just I think like want to feel loved or approved by those who raised birth or connected to you at least in my case and I think a lot of people in general have lived their lives in hopes that a significant other will be happy with who they've become or who they reflect to be and I was talking to my dad about this the other day for the first time and we were both having these huge aha moments um, I ran track and cross country in high school. I was very good, very talented, and I did not <laughs> expect to go as far as I did. I'm laughing already because, oh my gosh, okay, I'll explain. Um, I was coming out of middle school. I was still in my awkward phase, you know, as kids do, where your body is trying to catch up with all this new growth coming in and I just remember going to my first day of cross-country practice and the whole girls team talking about how excited they were going to get they were to get a Barnes on the team like just to know my older brother had been on the track cross-country football wrestling team essentially he excelled at every sport he did um, plus it didn't help that my other older brother excelled with football and lacrosse as well Okay, so the Barnes family was known for having some freak athletes. So they were thinking, oh, this is going to be, you know, huge for the girls team. And so, you know, they're all looking around and my short, awkward self was like, oh, hey, I'm actually his sister, Kiara Barnes. <laughs> and the look on their faces, I, I mean, they were shocked, honey. They were shocked. So needless to say, I made it on JV, you know, um, but the kicker is that I actually ended up getting my growth spurt like mid-season 
And I was shedding that younger body coming into a more athletic build and turned out that was really fast. And I ended up kicking a few varsity girls out of their spot racing in a JV race and got moved to varsity my freshman year. Like I was so not, girl, that was not the plan. You know, went to state, yada, yada, yada. And now I'm really in this thing, okay? And the only thing was... I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I did not like it. And it didn't hit me fully why, why I joined in the first place until I was doing all this stuff, funny enough, in acting class and unpacking some things. And I realized I had just honestly done it for my dad's approval. My dad traveled a lot for work and I saw how much he bonded with my brothers through sports that I just figured that you know, hey, that would be a good way for me to get some sort of attention and time. Plus, my dad ran in high school and college. And, you know, he, again, like my brother's freak athlete, super good. Um, And I just figured we would have plenty to talk about. Um, I just didn't think about the long term, you know, with the plan. And I didn't think I ended up being good at it. (laughs) And, of course, this created some natural friction, friction excuse me, friction between us because he thought I genuinely liked it and and he didn't understand why I'd be in a bad mood when it came to race days or all the training that I did. And because, you know, I was a teen that didn't have the tools or understanding of how to properly communicate these things. I just suffered (laughs) and fought a lot with him. So, It's been actually pretty cool to be in my adulthood now and look back at these times and speak to my dad honestly about them and hear his perspective. Because what he said was, you know, hey, like I thought you liked it. He had no idea. And we were laughing because he said, you know, I actually, or no, I said, you know, I actually really enjoyed volleyball but I quit it to do running because I thought you'd be more impressed about that. And, you know, he laughed because he said, look, I would have watched whatever sport (laughs) that you would have chosen to do. And, um, you know, hindsight is 2020 really, but goes to show when we're younger, especially, especially that pocket of time when you're in your teens, babe, you're really just trying to figure out a lot. You're growing into your body. You're getting hormones. You're having to study, balance friendships, relationships, jobs, sports, clubs, and all the while, all the while having the back of your mind, a life path career figured out. Y'all have your life figured out by 18, please. I mean, really, it's kind of wild when you think about it. So anyone younger listening, like I feel you and I love you. It's all going to be okay. I trust, like, trust me, it's going to be okay. But anyway, of course, getting older, I've seen the seeking of validation through relationships has definitely been a trend since I was young and up into my adult years. But hey, you know, we're being healthy now, folks. Okay. And honestly, shout out, shout out to younger Kiara for going through all of the things she went through (laughs) so that now I can have that contrast to know what I want and just know who I truly am. But 
Yes, like I would place so much value and responsibility in my romantic partners as well and how they view me. And I think I, I actually touched about this on, I think it's getting my mojo back where I talked about me processing my breakup and uh, how that affected me. And I just did that a lot with romantic partners um, and depended on how they viewed me. And that would really impact the way that I saw myself. I, I would honestly take on the personality of the people I was dating. If they listen to rock music, babe, I'm listening to rock music. If they wear dark clothes, I'm wearing dark clothes, <laughs> you know, et cetera, et cetera. I would honestly just become a clone and lose Kiara completely. And of course, this would always end in me not being happy, all right, because we'd break up and I'd feel like, well, I wasn't good enough version of what they wanted, but in actuality, I wasn't real at all. I wasn't showing up as me in fear that I'd be rejected, which, by the way, is all very understandable. I think in general, most people like to be liked or want to be liked, but the catch is, would you rather be liked for the real you or a mirage version of you? And the truth is, for me, if I'm being me and my most authentic self, I'm getting that mirrored back to me. I don't want a bunch of people around me based off of a false idea of me, right? That's hard to maintain, and that will eventually just come to the surface in itself. But I was actually, I was having this conversation with a friend the other day and I said, I rather have three or four really close friends that I have the best conversations with, the best laughs with, than to have a huge group of friends that I don't really share all that much with. And it's more so, you know, like on the surface. I value my time too much for that. And I will say when doing this introspection, Looking back at how you grew up, um, childhood experiences, be kind to yourself. <laughs> All right. Remember that you were a child. Hello. And, you know, you did the best you could with the tools you had at the time. Um, and it's okay if you messed up. And I will even say this, not even just a child. Even if you're in a, like an older adult or whatever, looking back in your 20s or 30s, you're still basically, that's still a kid to me. Like you're still figuring it out, still going into the work world and all of that. Um, so it's okay if you messed up. You did the best you could with the tools you had at the time. And that's part of the growth. And like I said, what's beautiful is the older you get, the more space you have for that compassion, which only helps expand your identity and sense of self in the best way possible. And I I really, truly, I am so grateful for all the seasons in my life, all the experiences I had that brought me to where I am today. Your upbringing can really be used for so much good if you choose to look at it from a place of love and not shame. So, My theory for this week is this. Embracing your past with compassion only solidifies your present and future with true expansion. Embracing your past with compassion 
only solidifies your present and future with true expansion. Okay. Um, thank you for tuning in this week. Take the time to thank yourself, honestly, for your journey. No matter if you are 16 or 76, your life is something to be celebrated for. And I'm just going to leave you all with that. I love you very much. Again, find me on Instagram at Kiara Barnes Official and send me a DM. You know, I want to hear uh, from you. It, it, it really does make my day. I love it. Um, and with that, have a good rest of your week. Okay, love you. Bye.